Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Throws it behind the net. Paterka's got Quinn in front. Holds it. Quinn scores! Welcome back to Mighty Quinn! Reunited that line and it feels so good right now because Buffalo's up seven to three on the lease with eight fifty-two to go in the third. Yeah, Jack Quinn's back. Scored the other night in uh, Buffalo and against Toronto. Good to have him back. I want to see them really move forward with him. And hopefully, you know, with Don saying that they want to commit more to an offensive style, maybe that's what we'll see. Is that too little, too late? Who knows? Welcome back here, Sports Talk Saturday. TJ Luckman here, joined by Frank Arcuri, and Evan De Pasquale is our producer today. Joining me on, joining us on the West Her Hotline, we have <laughs> Anthony from Expected Buffalo. Anthony, my friend, hold on, there we go. Anthony, how are you? Good man, how are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. We're okay. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> we had a we had a roller coaster week with the Sabers. If anything, every week is a roller coaster week with them. Don't we know it? <laughs> how are you doing? By by the way, I I as I was gonna say, I listened to the latest uh, podcast with you and Chad, and man, it was uh, it was it was quite a ride. Yeah, you know we're doing good. It, it's you know. <laughs> It just feels like deja vu a little bit, right? It feels almost akin to a Bilesma era team where they're they're just okay, and you know they've they've kind of lost their identity. But like you just said a minute ago, Don Granado's thinking about, hey, maybe we bring back the thing that worked pretty well last year. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, we're we're hanging in there. Good, good. I'm glad you mentioned the the Bilesma thing because like that's exactly what I've been thinking with that, uh, especially all the way down to the, the large stretch passes that were almost uh, yes. just just the mm -hmm. biggest part of the Dan Bilesma system. So I, in seeing that, that's all I've been thinking about. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, but let's discuss what Don talked about on uh, Thursday after the big 9-3 win. He did say that they have been discussing moving back to that offensive system. And man, I got to say, you're only discussing it now. You're dis you're discussing it. We're not just going back into it. Do we think that that's what they're going to do? Though it feels like it's time that they're going to just throw themselves back into that system, especially at the Toronto game. Is that what they're going to do? 
Well, I hope so. I mean, right. I, I I tweeted it a couple of days ago when when he when he said that. I was like that that was a discussion for game fifteen, not game thirty five. Right. This, this hasn't been working all year. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they'll get back to it? Yeah, I, I really hope so. It'd be great. Uh, it, it was at least a heck of a lot more entertaining. Uh, the problem you have now is it, it, you you may be too late uh, unless you string together a, a really impressive win streak here and get yourself back into the mix. Because if you look at the standings, I mean, if there was a year to break through the Atlantic Division, this is it. But also in saying that, the Metropolitan is a complete and utter buzzsaw of great teams. I mean, Philly coming out of nowhere. New York looks good. Um the Islanders, I mean, and then uh, Washington. <laughs> Everyone had them pegged to, to regress, and they're what seventeen to nine or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Metro is a complete buzzsaw. The Atlantic is is very mortal, but you're you've kind of set yourself back here a little bit. I mean, I think you're seven points out of that third place position in the Metro right now, and you've got more games played. So it's not a great spot to be in. You still have what a little more than half the year left. So. Is it impossible to get back? No. Uh, if they if they really hit their stride here and, and regain their identity, string some wins together, who knows? And, you know, it, the, the craziest thing is <laughs> their most impressive victories have come against the best teams in the NHL. And, Isn't that something? You know, I, said it, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. They're, they're going to have, you know, if you compare standing points to strength of victory, they're going to have the largest disparity in league history because they're only beating elite teams and then getting – pumped by the by the Columbus Blue Jackets of the world yeah that's that's always tough especially you know when you when you can allow the team that's sitting behind you in the standings to come in and blow your doors off you have to do it um this team has been obviously frustrating to watch this year you know from a stylistic standpoint uh once again they're really they're in the bottom in team save percentage, 89.47 at 5, 5v5. Their team shooting percentage isn't even that bad this year. I think that's what's so frustrating about not being more offensive. It's like you're you're not good in that area, and I don't think you have the type of players to uh, really go with the system that they wanted to go to that gets teams uh, deeper into the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe let's work on making the playoffs first. And to me, sticking with That's what you were in, sticking with saying. what you were in, which almost got you there last year, is the move. Um, so I don't know if that's what they're thinking, but I think in order to move forward, they have to do that. Um, anyway, sorry, Anthony. I want to get get more questions to you. Um, no, no. With I the like with the so with the goaltending, obviously Kevin Adams didn't make any changes to that uh, during the year, other than hoping that Devin Levi would provide a spark to the group. Uh, mm-hmm. But really, nobody's grabbed uh grabbed the reins and taken over and i don't think i expected anybody to at this point i think we wanted them to did you expect anybody to take the reins with how it was going this year i didn't expect a specific goalie i didn't have a horse picked right i thought somebody would maybe uh hopefully maybe that was more optimism than or you know or or, or, you know fan fan wishful thinking uh but i was hoping so and that you're right, that hasn't happened. I mean, overall, the Sabres have had basically flatline average goaltending, or, you know, compared to the rest of the league. So I, I can't be too upset. I am. It's a little, a little concerning because it, it was a lot. It was a bit better than that, and it's regressed a little bit since. Um, you, you, you had a couple really tough performances um, from Comrie, and then, then UPL fizzled out after a really hot start. Then, you know, Levi goes to the NHL, picks it right back up when he gets called back to the Sabres, and then he kind of went down again. So 
uh, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, the lack of consistency is, is palpable. And, you know, I thought UPL for a minute there might have had a stranglehold on it, but he he's turned back into a pumpkin a little bit here. So, uh, you know, he's, he's right around, I think he's half a goal saved above expected on the year, which is as average as you can be. So, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, I don't think goaltending is, is one of their top, three issues right now frankly uh i think we've we've alluded to it in the beginning you know scoring goals is their biggest problem and right hopefully the floodgates opening like that against your our tribal uh ignites something in them because they, they're just not scoring that's that's the whole thing yeah and i think the it, biggest thing with that is like they weren't shooting that all their if you look at the things that have been coming out about them on rush chances the thing that they were really good at last year they're last in the league on uh both rush chances allowed and rush chances for, pretty much. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but I know they're towards the bottom of the league. And those are both categories where they were pretty, they were near the top of the league in last year. Um, and I think that speaks to Don's system and everything and what he's been asking them to do. So, you know, and especially looking at, I brought up the shooting percentage, the team shooting percentage um, for this year, it's eighth in the league, 5v5. So it's like you have that talent, you have the shooting talent. They need to go and, you know, just, again, put the puck in the net. I think one area where they struggle from that is, weirdly, this year from the back end, which is what I thought was a strength last year. Um, it has, you know, the scoring hasn't come as much from the back end as it has. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if the Sabres signings for their fifth and sixth defenseman spots, those have not panned out. Uh, is there anything they can do to really kind of smooth that over? Uh, to kind of mitigate what's going on there, especially with them playing. They should be playing Ryan Johnson every game. They're not. Um, besides playing him in more games, what is something they can do to to move that forward? Well, all right. So you, you said a lot of stuff. Let me see if I can get it all. All right. So, <laughs> so on the defensive side, we'll, we'll start with that. Uh, it, it's really down to, to count defensive pairings, right? And Don Granato has this comfort blanket of putting Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson together. Mm -hmm. I think the eyeball test and analytics can agree on the point that they have not been a very good top pairing this year. They really weren't last year, but that was masked a lot of ways by the fact that Dahlin was having a Norris caliber season. I mean, he was magnificent, incredible, and his scoring prowess kind of overshadowed that they, they really were losing a lot of these expected goal shares game by game. If you look, though... Uh, Ryan Johnson and Owen Power and even Samuelson and Power too, when in limited duty together have been much better. And so he, he does it once in a while. He'll break up that top pairing, and it, 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 it's good results. It gives you good results almost every time. Then he goes right back to it. If they lose a game, he goes right back to that comfort blanket, and I don't exactly understand why. Uh, as far as the third pairing goes, look, NHL third pairings are, are – they're witchcraft a little bit, not quite to the extent goalies are, but but it's tough. You know, you have guys like Connor Clifton who was fantastic in the Bruins system, and it just hasn't been a translation to the Sabre system. Granted, the Sabres have kind of thrown a grenade at their system, as we've talked about, you know, yeah. going into this year. So uh, I, I almost feel like he would have fared better in a more open scheme, like like we did, like we saw last year, and hopefully they get back to this season. Um, as far as the shooting component goes that you were talking about there's one player on the team who is converting shots and at a higher rate than last year and taking more shots than last year Do you know who it is i'm very curious about this it 
It's J.J. Paterka. Yeah, yes. I should have guessed that. Yeah, that's, that, that, that doesn't surprise that, me. That, well, that, that's great in a vacuum because yeah. you want that for Paterka, and he's growing, and oh my gosh, he looks fantastic. He's arguably been their best forward this year. Mm-hmm. But that's a problem for the rest of the team because that was your bread and butter, man. You shot a lot of shots, and you converted them at a high rate, and bang, you were scoring four, five, six goals a night. And it was great. You were the third highest scoring team in the NHL, and it was wonderful. We all high-fived and missed the playoffs by one point. And cool. That was way more fun than what we're seeing now. It almost feels like they tried to become a hybrid of what they were last year and also the teams that most routinely beat them last year. Those are your, your Hurricanes, your Islanders, those kind of those teams that, that congest and, and uh, turn the neutral zone into a mud pit, right? Mm-hmm. They, they squash transition. So the problem is they're not, it's not a mutually exclusive thing, but I think they overcorrected to a really high degree, and they built this team to do what they did last season. This team is not built to play a trap game, a dump-and-chase game. Certain lines are, like the Middlestack, Greenway, and Benson line. Yeah, they could jump and chase all day because they're all good puck battlers. They all have a high recovery rate. Like that, That's a thing you can do with that line. So if you want diversity, maybe you split it by line by line, right? Like, hey, you guys, I want you dumping, chasing, battling along the boards, beating down, you know, wearing out the opposing defense where you get Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka out there. It's like, I want you guys flying offensively, full transition, go, go, go. So I don't know if it's maybe just a little more nuance required in, in how they approach each opponent or how they deploy each line. But uh, they've lost their identity, as we've said uh, a bunch of times. So if they go back to it, and look, you know, the Clifton, Eric Johnson, and, and, and Greenway acquisitions were all, they, they all had a, a trend, right? They're all good puck recovery players. So the Sabres clearly felt that last year they did not win enough puck battles. True story. Not incorrect. However, you tried to correct that with a handful of, of depth moves, maybe not exactly what you needed you probably needed something a little more high profile than that but then you changed your system as though you added a dozen of those types of guys not three of them mm-hmm. so again it just it hasn't worked out the way they saw it working out and and we'll, we'll see how it how it uh all shakes down this these last 50 games or so now that the forward core seems to be pretty healthy um do you foresee them maybe even trading a guy out at some point. I mean, Gergensen's is still out. He's going to be out for who know who knows how long. But once mm-hmm. he's back, they're going to have to move a move a guy out. Um because you I I I think you you're going to want to keep the top 9 the same. And mm-hmm. then the fourth line, I mean, Apostle Apostle Krebs, you're probably going to want mainstays there and then you've got an incoming Gergensen's, Robinson, Jost, and Olafson. So someone's got to go. If not two people. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what will ultimately happen, if, and by the way, that assumes that no other injuries occur right, right. From, from now to then, right? And, and we know that that's maybe wishful thinking, but let's assume they, they get fully healthy. I think you would see, and only because of, of how he's been used and, and you know trends in his gameplay, I quite like him, but I think the odd man out uh, at forward would be Tyson Jost, I think, given, given kind of how Granado has used him or not used him. Uh, he seems to be the default scratch when there's too many forwards. Olsen's been scratched a couple times too, and uh, but yeah, I, th- I feel like it'll be him. And then they got to make a decision on which of their goalies to, to, to send out because it's not working. I'm pretty sure it would be Eric Comrie. That's the logical decision. Mm-hmm. UPL and, and Levi are both obviously more valuable assets. So if you're going to risk losing somebody for nothing, it's probably going to be Comrie. Right. 
though you could say that, hey, look, next five games or so, right, they, they don't do so well, and all right, the, the season's not going anywhere. Maybe we send Devin Levi down to play meaningful games in Rochester, keep his development going, and, and we just slog it out for the rest of the year with Comrie and Lucanen. Possible. Uh, but I don't know how ready they are to uh, to punt on this season yet. So yeah. I guess we'll see. But I, I think a goalie has to go down. That That's inevitable. And, uh, yeah, you're right. One of the forwards is, is probably going to have to go too. And that looks like Joe's to me, unless they can find a taker for Olsen on the trade market, which um, from what I understand, they've been trying that for about 18 months. And to very little avail. He makes a lot of yeah. money and doesn't score like he used to. So, Well, no, he does not. Uh, he's been better as of late, I feel, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely will help his trade value. Maybe at the deadline time, but not probably not maybe. now. Uh, yeah, if and, they retain on him, it's possible. But yeah. a lot of teams, man, they're right up against the cap, especially that's true. contenders. Even fifty percent retain, that's what two and a half, two and a half million in that neighborhood. Just under that, yeah. yeah. It's a, well, big, it's a big hit. Well, yeah. Anthony, I appreciate you coming on with us this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, where can we find all of your work? Yeah, uh, you can find us at expectedbuffalo.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at xbuffaloanth, A-N-T-H. And our Twitter page is at expectedbuffalo, pretty straightforward. And then, obviously, we have the Expected Buffalo podcast, uh, which is at xbuffalopod. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, I love chatting with you, and I think it's the first time I've had the both of you uh, at the same time on, on Sports Talk Saturday, so that's exciting. It's the first it's time we're together, I'm pretty sure, too. So, oh, well, so yeah, go. really, that the inaugural Frank and TJ show right here. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Anthony. Uh, you have a good rest of your Saturday, and uh, you know, stay healthy, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Happy holidays, boys. Go Bills, go Savers. Go Bills, go Savers. All right, that was Anthony from Expected Buffalo here. We are very late to the break again. I'm, I swear it's not Howard Simon here. It's TJ Luckman. I've just, you know, learned a lot from Howard, so I'm late <laughs> to the break. It's, it's just how it goes. Uh, again, this is Sports Talk Saturday. He's Frank. I'm TJ. WGR Sports Radio 550. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.